Welcome to Ghost Riders Anonymous, an inspirational and interactive podcast where we create worlds through words and writing. I'm Kelsey, and today I'd like to know if you were a sitcom, what sitcom would you be? I would be The Nanny. This is Leah, and if I was going to be a sitcom, I would definitely be Modern Family. Jamie had approached me at work and she said, have you ever read a sentient object romance or smut novel? No, but I guarantee I know someone (laughs) who has. I dial up Leah. So have you read this book? She's like, no, but it's come my way and this will give me an excuse to actually read it. I literally was like, say less. Within the hour of you mentioning it, I had bought it and I think I read it like the next day. So we're exploring Unhinged, an erotic door romance by Vera Valentine. She had read it online and then she bought the hard copy. She liked it so much. Well, also just to give people because she wanted to tell people about the book. So she's like, read it. That is true. And people are more apt to read it if you give it to them. If you leave them to their own devices to buy it for 99 cents, they're probably not. Especially if it's something that they're like, "Eh, okay, that's weird. But I'm like, oh, that'd be great for the podcast. Mm So I read it and I came to Jamie with some of my misgivings. Honestly, I have to say for what it is, it was very well written. The author is organized and follows a formula. Mm -hmm. I understood the needs of the characters and why they did things and I never thought that's dumb. That's kind of within reason. Yeah yeah, within reason. You go in knowing that this is going to be a little unhinged. It states exactly what the book is about. At the very end there is a final sex scene. What I don't like about it is the female love interest is taking on this persona of mothering this sentient door who becomes a man. It's kind of too mother to little boy vibe for me. I don't like that. That scene really just, ugh. I kind of want to look at the scene again because I don't remember. I'm going to read feeling. it. Oh, that, so that's we're going to relive it. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like people that are evenly matched. When someone is kind of an authoritarian over another in a partnership or an intimate relationship, it's weird to me. And it feels hmm. predatorial. You know, maybe Even it's, like in a dominatrix we'll setting that, where they're like role playing or having fun with it. We're just going to get personal, I guess. Yeah. I'm not interested in stuff like that. Maybe I never pick up books about that or if mm-hmm. I read stuff like that I roll my eyes I'm like that's so dumb but I understand that it's a huge thing for people and I get why you know it's been explained to me we Mm -hmm. even talk about it on one of our episodes way early on I think it was actually our smut episode that we (laughs) talked about it what you're getting into it's not so much the dominance of it and like the submission of it you're getting more into what I would call age play where people age down one of the partners to some weird extent people who like to put people in diapers care for them and feed them bottles that's That's like an extreme case because when I think of domination, I feel like there's almost a roughness to this. And this was mm-hmm. very much coddling. It felt well, very... There are soft doms. Yeah. I'm ignorant of that whole thing because, listen, I'm just here to tell you, I'm not a kinky person. So stuff like this is kind of interesting to me, but it's nothing that would ever be applicable. And I don't think, I mean, maybe for some people it is, but to me, it's just a silly thing. I'll read the scene and yeah. then maybe we can talk about it more and maybe it'll read different. That's happened several times. I guess I should build this up a little bit in saying that he is a door and he has his sentience because he is the son of Zeus. 
And a dryad. That's true. The mother was mm-hmm. a dryad. It starts off with an apartment door, who is our main character, which I thought was wild that the whole thing was from the door's point of view, which I really actually liked. I liked that. But I thought it was going to go back and forth maybe a little bit, but it's like, no, full on door. And so he has fallen in love with the woman who's living in the apartment. And so he takes on this role of, I am the protector of this person. And he's noticed that there is an evil landlord. Or he's a maintenance man, I thought. No, he's the landlord, but he came in to do maintenance checks and stuff as well and the girl that lived in the apartment before Tannen had gone with the guy out into the woods and never came back and so you're given these hints that this is an evil guy and you can tell he's kind of circling Tannis who lives in the apartment and so out of necessity to protect her he's given the gift to enter her dreams Hera Zeus's wife came to Tana in a dream saying that you can release him from his sentience by having sex with him his knob is his penis and then he can be a real <laughs> yeah. person He's the one who tells her first, if you have sex with me, I can turn into a man. She does. One weird dream and she's like, I'm going to do it, which I thought was really funny as well. I think she had a a little (laughs) bit of reservation. I think she thought that was kind of weird. And then she felt a little uneasy around the door. Like, am I a weirdo or taking my kinks too far? But she got a bottle of wine, I think that night. Yeah, she had the dream one night and the next evening, a bottle of wine, a quick disinfectant of a doorknob and she was in it. Which I must say, I did appreciate the detail of disinfecting, <laughs> yeah, even I mean, though when she said- Well, was she like, put a condom on it too. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was like double, but I think she said she used Lysol and I'm like, ooh, that would burn. <laughs> Which brought him out of object form and into human male form where they ended up working together, fighting off the landlord in a showdown. But when he fought him off, he was turned back into a door and then Hera came into Tannis's dream and said you can have him back this is what you need to do because now there's restrictions on it like every month he will turn back into a door like kind of like a wear door yeah <laughs> which I thought was really funny and pretty much at this part that I'm going to read it's at the very end when the door had a showdown with the villain the door actually got shot he didn't die turned him back into a physical door and then they were without one another for a while and she wasn't sure if she'd ever see yeah. him again and so then they're meeting at the end here. Her tone, as she instructed me, half control and command and half just shy of teasing, sent me over the edge so fast I was almost embarrassed. I cried out for her, chanting her name, mindlessly trying to root myself even deeper as I pulsed and twitched and shuddered, completely undone. I gently rested my forehead on hers as I gasped for air, my heart hammering with pleasant exhaustion. She gathered me against her chest, letting me go boneless, tilting us to the side so that I didn't crush her as I caught my breath. She stroked her hands up and down my sweaty ribs and back, tracing soft paths as she sighed with contentment. Have I pleased you? Did I do well? I blushed, shy to voice those questions, still needing her praise as much as I needed her body moments ago. So well, my good boy. Absolutely perfect. You did exactly what I asked you to, and I loved every minute of it. Thank you so much, my baby. I tucked a broad smile against her shoulder, cheeks burning. I was a good boy. (laughs) Okay. After we'd rested for a moment, Tana talked me through holding the edge of the condom as I eased our bodies apart, and even that simple instruction was enough to stir my cock's interest again. She also snickered at my stricken expression, which didn't help matters at all. She tapped my tip-filled, condom-covered cock with a finger, winking at me as she got up, gesturing toward the small room. The bathroom, she called it. You're definitely my type, Dries. We're going to have so much fun. Now get cleaned up. You and I are going out to dinner to celebrate your triumphant return. 
I tugged the condom off, looking with fascination at the thick white liquid on my fingertips before I washed them off in the sink. Tana explained as she got ready nearby that it had been several months since that fateful night when I was shot and reverted back to my door self. He's new to this world, so she's walking him through this instruction, praising him throughout their entire sex session, like, who's a good boy? You're a good boy. To me, that's predatorial pedophilia, where you're having to walk them through, like, and this is how you take the condom off. I'm adding way too much to this. <laughs> yeah. It's just a silly book. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of it, and maybe because I am a female. When it's a man doing it, the good girl, I could get behind that. But at the same time, I know what you're saying. Even that's weird to me. Yeah. I'm coming to somebody as an equal we're not yeah. like smarter than or weaker than well, see, but i don't think there's anything wrong with that you're just saying like you're not gonna have sex with anyone who's ever smarter than you that seems kind of weird what i mean by that is like <laughs> let me instruct you how to do this yeah i'm your mentor i don't like that it really bothered me when he becomes a human and they get a new door for the doorway she's like well, what should I call you? You need a name. And he ends up naming himself semi after a celebrity he sees on a magazine, which is Ildris Albus, I think. And so he's like, Driz, Driz. Are you kidding me? The name Theodore is right there. That is a good play on words. Yeah. Dryas was like, Ugh. Okay. And it also, I think it played into Dryad. To me, it was so similar to the shortened version of Rizan. Rise, dry. Yeah. Well, I didn't really think that, but it's always you. It's it may be so, me. but I did bring it up with Jamie. Either I'm misremembering it, but I thought that she had also had a similar thought. I could be totally could be. mistaken about that. I also really thought it was funny that when they bought the new door, he mentions that he intentionally made her choose a doorknob that did not have a knob, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Like he was jealous. Yeah, like he's like, you're not doing that with any other door. <laughs> yeah, I think she picked one of those vertical handled doors. Yeah. Maybe it has the little flipper latch. Yeah, like the something thumb. like that. After you read it, did you look at your doors like, hmm? Uh, no, I was already very aware of what my door <laughs> right handles there. looked like. And I tried to not make eye contact with my doors because I'm like, man. I went home and was like, hello. That's gonna end <laughs> did you go over and did you tenderly touch the I did dog? not. No. I, I went and I jinked. <laughs> I'm not taking this book any further than it needs to be. <laughs> I will say the first time, you know, she had sex with the door, she had the bench and she like backed up to it. The second time when he turned into a door and I'm assuming he was just laying on the ground because she already had a the was. door for a minute there i'm like how is she sitting on the door was she just sitting straight down or trying to like splay out i was sitting at work if i was to do that with the door i think the easiest would be how she initially did it yeah. she drug an ottoman to the door and just kind of kneeled down and mm -hmm. backed into it back it up unless i'm just making this up please tell me i'm not you know how on the doorknobs the doorknob lock i guess did she go into detail about how the ridge felt good or I did i make that up I don't remember. Damn, if I made that up, then that's really fucking weird. <laughs> you were thinking about it. A little something for the back door, you know? <laughs> I was like, huh, that's an extra feature. It brought back flashes, and I don't know if you ever saw this show, and it was called My Strange Addictions. Oh my God. And there was a woman on the show who said that she was in an intimate relationship with the Eiffel Tower, and she was sitting there rubbing the steel, and she has this long skirt on, <laughs> and she gets up and like straddles part of a beam between two benches yeah. and she's like my warmth is seeping into the tower <laughs> and i'm like is she wearing underwear but like no mention of course was made what's underwear very thin layer yeah but then a little bit later she was now in love with a picket fence 
the lines and the points. Okay, I don't need to know more. Apparently it's a common thing because there was another lady that was in love with a carnival ride or something. Is that where this genre comes from? Because I've only ever read one other sentient object romance and I didn't even finish it because I was like, okay, I'm out. And I actually think it was by the same lady. What was it? It was called Squeak. Yeah, you know, the Squeak verse. There was two guys who were balloon animals that could magically turn into humans like on their own will or something. I never really went too far into it, but it was on Kindle Unlimited or something. And I was like, you know what? It's a short thing. I'm going to look into it. I think I read like the first three chapters. I was like, not for me. Backed out. But the door like one, I was behind. For what it was, it was good. Like I had no desire to continue reading her stuff, mm-hmm. but I will say she had clever titles. Well, yeah, because I think the first one was called Squeak. The second book called The Squeakquel. I read Omegaverse stuff before. Yeah, I think most people just buy them to try them. If it was disappointing, I don't think people are surprised. Well, a lot of those are also just because they're stupid. And the titles are insane. Yeah, I'm going to read that just because it's hilarious. Like, there's a whole series about romance on dinosaurs and girls. Well, you've piqued my interest. It's just kind of stuff that you would talk about late at night with friends (laughs) and everything snowballs to something more and more over the top. Yep, that was kind of a fun conversation. Some people out here actually do it. Yeah, these people actually put it to paper. I think these are two different people that I'm thinking of, but there is a girl named Lola Foss who wrote Dinosaur Erotica is what it's (laughs) titled. And this one is Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer. Listen, I would read that for (laughs) sure. Look at the cover. (laughs) It's a classic romance cover, but the man is a dinosaur. Not even like a humanized version of a dinosaur. So have you read one of those? Yes, but not this one. They have sex, but he also like eats her arm. I mean, he's putting those little hands to work. I can see him cupping her. Yeah, he's got her shoulders. She was a country girl looking for excitement. He was an apex predator theropod. Okay, yeah, sure. I would read it. Why not? This is the one I think that I had looked at. The Triceratops and Bottoms is what it's called. And they're just like these hilarious covers. How can I not read that? Okay, I understand the appeal. It's almost like this outlandish dare. I might follow up on this. (laughs) We can come back to this topic. Sure. As many times as we need. (laughs) Until we all feel comfortable. So what is your favorite dinosaur? I'm an Ankylosaurus gal with the club tail. I really don't have a favorite dinosaur. I enjoyed dinosaurs, but they were never my thing. I like the stegosaurus. I like the plates down the back. I also really liked, I want to say brontosaurus. That's not what they're actually called. The bronchiosaurus or something like that. They went from what are they called? Brontosaurus to apatosaurus to brachiosaurus, but I don't even know what they're called now. Well, whatever the long, long necks neck, are. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked those peaceful dinosaurs. I wasn't really into the raptors or the T-Rex or anything like that. I think Jurassic Park was a great movie, but I thought the park's problem was they were trying to make these life-size dinosaurs when I would be like, let us be breeding miniature dinosaurs. Can you imagine having a stegosaurus that's the size of a little chihuahua? I would die for that thing. Well, to be fair, they did have, I think it was the second Jurassic Park movie. It starts out on the beach and there are those tiny little ankle biter. They're called something. Mm. I don't know what they are. I even had an action figure that came with one. They were kind of terrifying because they all gang up and yeah. feed off of you. Well, that's what like I'm a saying. piranha or something. That is terrifying, but also so is a real life-size raptor. The new ones that are coming out. They're like, we need to make bigger and scarier dinosaurs to get more attention again. We're going the wrong way with this. We need cuter. We need smaller. We need in-home pet dinosaurs. I want to be living the Flintstone life with huh. my pet dinosaur. Dino. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I would never have sex with a dinosaur. <laughs> that's gonna 
I'm just gonna put it out there right here, right now. The door, maybe. I see that way that door's looking in. If someone was wanting to see what a sentient object... This would be a great opening door for... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this would be a great starting point. Just enough plot to be interesting. Just enough smut to be sexy. And it was funny and it didn't take itself seriously. It was well balanced. And it was just, here it is and it is what it is. She did a good job. All I'm saying is it was just personal things for mm-hmm. me that I'm like, oh, I don't like Well, what did you think about the earlier sex scene then when they were totally when they first not like when he was a door but like the first time they were actually human i don't really remember feeling any mm. weirdness about it so it must have been all right but i thought her initial scene tana having sex with dries as a door was really well done because i was like how's this gonna play out it was very logical practical mm-hmm. thinking on how to approach this yeah you always wonder with these books how's it gonna actually go down mm-hmm. it draws a thin line i think between taking notice and like stalker vibes in a way because this door has been like watching her living there in this apartment and he like talks about how she has movie night or something and she curls up on the couch this night or whatnot and she likes having mimosas this morning or something like that what's the difference between him creepily watching her i mean obviously the landlord had more evil intent are we really just out here thin line walking stalkers that's a good point and i think the difference is he had his boundary you know he never left his door frame and i think the landlord slash maintenance guy definitely took advantage of his access mm-hmm. to her apartment. Because he'd go in and like sniff her underwear. I mean, if some maintenance man was going through my underwear drawer, I didn't know about it, but I definitely had times where the maintenance man would come in without knocking. Several times I would wake up and they would be in my room. In your bedroom? Yes, oh. in my bedroom. I worked nights then, I work nights now, so the likelihood of me being asleep during the afternoon was 100%. And that's actually what motivated me to buy my house because I was so unnerved by that that... I would too, just waking up to someone in your room. Yeah, and we're not talking about just one maintenance man. It was several because every year there was a new one. Yeah, I'm sure those are mostly temp jobs anyway, but it did not make me feel good. And I already have an issue with that anyway. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to secure that this never happens again. I don't have a landlord, so there's no reason for someone to have key access to my house that I'm not allowing. Reading that about the maintenance man, I'm like, yep. The storyline seemed to be a perfectly normal thing. <laughs> yeah, and no. I'm not saying that all maintenance men are like that. I'm just saying that I know... You knew the feeling. I know the feeling and I know that it wasn't just one. It was uh, yeah. two to three. Which the other thing I really liked about the book though was the fact that he actually was the door. Sometimes they do things like this where he's a spirit in the door and having sex with him maybe like brought his spirit out of the door. He just turned into a human and then the front door was missing. Now you're sitting there with this open doorway. They ordered a door. I think she is asleep and he signs for the delivery of the new door that's here. After the delivery man left, I considered the package with mixed feelings. No one wanted to be replaced after all, and here I was staring right at my replacement, one that I encouraged no less. I'd proudly been Tana's door for a long time, but the time was right to transition into being something more. Her protector, her guardian, her... My mind wandered into lustful flashes of memory in the way her cunt had squeezed around my knob, the slick, stretching glide of impalement as she backed onto me with a moan. In my borrowed sweats, my human cock jumped with interest. Ready for a repeat performance. I squeezed it gently, willing it to calm down, determined to get things ready for Tana while she enjoyed a well-deserved rest. 
But like the very first part where he's talking about being replaced, I thought really good emotions shown through it. Because it's true, like no one wants to be replaced. And here he is realizing this is a transition point where now I'm going to be more than just her front door watching silently, standing vigil in the night. And then it gets a little smutty. I was trying to hold my cheeks when you were reading that. Yeah, because it's like one of those things you're reading and you're just like, this is about a door that turns into a human. My expectations were not high, but at the same time they were met. I was just going to read it in any downtime at work, but work was very busy so that Mm. didn't happen. So I told Jamie, do you care if I take this book home? She's like, no, go ahead. She's like, you need some alone time with that book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, no, I would never do that. Especially with a borrowed book. She's like, if you can't finish that by the weekend, something's wrong with you. It's thought provoking. It is. (laughs) I feel like we should end it with a knock knock joke though, but I don't know any. Do you know a knock knock? Oh, that's good. I actually have one. I type in knock knock joke and the very first thing that it suggests is dark humor. You know me so well. Yes. Or I can do flirty. This is not stupid, but I like it. Does that just tell you how dark your humor is if what the internet is well, like, saying? Well, you're going to listen to this joke and you're going to be like, that's not dark humor. Maybe I just chose the wrong link. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cargo. Cargo who? Cargo beep beep. That can't be dark humor. That's under the title of 50 of the absolute funniest knock, knock jokes. Knock, knock. Come in. Isn't that from a uh, that was Harrison from a... Ford interview? Yep. Knock, knock. Who's there? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby who? Oh, never mind. I'll come back when you're sleepy. Oh, hey, perfect transition. And I have to say, adding on to that, I didn't call for maintenance, nor was there any maintenance needed in my bedroom. And one of the guys did try to ask me out to the bar. And I told him several times no, but he continued to ask. That was a good knock-knock joke, though. Knock-knock. Who's there? Candace. Candace who? Candace dick fit in your mouth. Oh, my God. Knock-knock. Who's there? 9-11. 9-11. 9-11 who? You said you'd never forget. That's good yeah. too. And then for your Harry Potter fans out there, knock knock. Who's there? You know. You know who? Avada Kedavra. <laughs> Whatever they says, when kills people. Avada Kedavra. I didn't finish the series, nor did I, I finish either. the book, so I don't know. You've seen at least one movie, haven't you? In yeah. sixth grade. But you would have heard. Knock knock. Who's there? The KGB. The KGB who? The KBG will ask the questions around here. Mm. That seems like a skit where as he's going KGB, he doesn't get it out. They slap him. We will ask the questions or something like that. I feel like I've seen that on TV. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tank. Tank who? Tank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh my God. That's perfect. I love it. Let's run with that one. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? Definitely not your father. Ooh. Knock, knock. Who's there? Figs. Figs who? Figs the doorbell. I've been knocking forever. <laughs> Someone's at my door. Speaking of knock, knock. Which I never thought of a name for the, <laughs> the shop. That's fine. I completely forgot about it. I went to bed and it was like... <sighs>